All right, I know this sounds stupid, but you got to shorten up and just try to put the ball in play. I, I know CES doesn't do that, but come on. There it is. That's what I'm talking about, CES. Come on, Ellie. Come on, Ellie. Come on, Ellie. <laughs> they just won a series against the Seattle Mariners. The hottest team in baseball. This team is unbelievable. A team of destiny. A team of destiny. A team of destiny, Nick. Holy smokes. Nick, that just happened, bro. That just happened. We got a show to do it. Hey, what is going on? Happy Wednesday and welcome to Chatterbox Reds. My name is Nick Kirby. Chatterbox Reds is your daily home for live postgame shows after every Reds game on YouTube and podcasts like you're listening to right now, always available bright and early the morning after every Reds game. We are presented as always by Betfred Sportsbook and what a night it was for the Cincinnati Reds on Tuesday night. Coming up, myself and Trace Fowler talked about last night's huge Reds win. I'll also later recap all the Reds minor league action and preview Wednesday's series finale against the Mariners. But if you missed the wild game on Tuesday night, here's what happened. It started with Connor Phillips making his major league debut for the Reds. Connor Phillips, the number 70 ranked prospect in all of baseball, called into action with the Reds having three starting pitchers on the COVID IL, plus Graham Ashcraft on the IL, plus Nick Lodolo out for the season. Phillips probably was not expected to get called up this year, but he was forced into action on Tuesday. Overall, a decent performance for Phillips. Four and two-thirds innings, five runs, two walks, did strike out seven batters, really just two bad pitches in the game. A two-run home run to Teoscar Hernandez in the first, and then a three-run home run to the red-hot Julio Rodriguez in the fifth. I talked more with Trace later on about Phillips' debut. But that set the stage. Reds trailed 5-1 going into the bottom of the sixth. That's when the Reds did start chipping away a little bit. Christian Encarnacion Strand hit a 406-foot solo home run, and then Noel V. Marte smoked a line-drive solo home run to left field at 108 off the bat. That was his first big league home run. And a little extra special, it came against his former team. Well, the former team that drafted him and developed him, but traded him for Luis Castillo at last year's deadline. 5-3 game after 6. In the top of the 7th, that Julio Rodriguez guy was at it again. He hit his third home run in two games in the series against the Reds. A solo shot off Derek Law, and it was 6-3 Mariners. But in the bottom of the 8th, Noel V. Marte walked his fourth time on base on Tuesday night. Then the red-hot Tyler Stevenson hit a pinch hit single, and then David Bell went to his bench, the last batter on his bench, Nick Martini. The Reds were 0-7 for with runners in the scoring position in the game, but Nick Martini hit his fourth home run in 15 games with the Reds. Tie ball game at 6. Top of the ninth, Alexis Diaz, Came in, he thought he got an inning-ending double play, but replay overturned it. Diaz then hit a batter, putting two runners on base for none other than Eugenio Suarez. But thankfully, Gino swung at a 3-0 pitch for a fly out to center field. Reds got out of the inning with the score tied. 
And then the bottom of the ninth, Reds up against Mariners closer Andres Munoz. Really, really solid closer. Ellie De La Cruz led off with an infield single. Ellie then stole second base. Reds had been 0-2 for 2 in stolen base attempts in the game prior, including Ellie getting thrown out earlier in the game. And then Christian Encarnacion Strand singled the other way for another Cincinnati Reds walk-off win. Reds win 7-6. Reds now 73-68 and on the season. And the Reds have an MLB best 44 comeback wins. Here's what David Bell had to say about Tuesday night's game. We keep talking about the circumstances each day. Injuries, COVID, etc. You've won four out of five in that stretch. And coming off the mat again, is something magical going on right now? <laughs> I tell you, I, I, you know, it's it just says everything we need to know about our team. I mean, it hadn't, hadn't been easy, but like we've talked about, every team goes through challenges and um, you know just getting through this having a chance to to uh, to make our way through this and not only survive but be able to play well and and thrive through it um, you know it's not going to get any easier no no chance but it is good practice and it, it's good to uh, to know what it takes to to get through it and it has to give you a lot of confidence that you can handle a lot and I think as we've gone through different challenges throughout the year, just the confidence of our team and our kind of the know-how of getting through any situation that comes at us, and uh, you just keep playing. And tonight was just a steady, consistent comeback against a really good team. Speaking of confidence, when Ellie gets on first base, what's your confidence level? Yeah, it's it's high. You know, it's and and he got thrown out from the game. You know, and, and it's just such a big part of our game that. You can't lose your confidence. You have to keep. You have to continue to stay with it and look for the next opportunity. You cannot be afraid to fail um, after something doesn't go right. And I think that has a lot to do with our success. Definitely shows up on the bases, but all parts of the game. What's the addition of Nick <clears throat> Martini meant to this team? He's um, he, he's earned this opportunity. Um, Unfortunately, you know, sometimes guys earn it and don't get the opportunity. It's just so nice to to see um, what he's doing with this opportunity, and he's playing like he has nothing to lose, and that's you know, that's the idea for all of us. But uh, you know, he's not only that um, for a guy that just got here not too long ago. He's fit right in. He's a huge part of our team. He's extremely well liked by by um, you know the players, even the ones that he doesn't know well, but especially the guys in AAA that uh, that he spent a lot of time with. Pretty good learning experience for Connor Phillips tonight. We were very happy, very impressed. Um, he gave up a couple home runs to a couple really uh, great hitters, hot hitters as well. Um, you know, the first inning started off great. Gets the three-two, um, just misses with a, a breaking ball, and um, you know, next guy hits a home run on not a bad pitch. And he was really good. And um, you know, that inning could have gone different. He ran into another hot hitter. Um, he, you can live with that. So everything he did tonight was a great experience that he can continue to build on. And here's the hero. Nick Martini. Before, it seems like a lot of the season before you got here, you're down three runs in the eighth, and you know it seems like that's when you came up and put it together. How, what was the kind of the mood of the dugout in the eighth? Uh, I don't know if I was around for the mood. I was kind of in the cages for a little bit. 
But uh, I think once some guys got on and we started seeing a rally, guys taking good swings, I think uh, guys on this team always believe uh, something special can happen. A bunch of new guys recently, like yourself, come up making big impact. Is there anything the Reds have done to, to try to help you guys, you know, hit the ground running as quickly as you could? I think it's just uh, the thing I've seen is welcome everybody uh, with open arms. Uh, just like I said, a special group, uh, a bunch of people that you know love each other, support each other through anything. Um, it's just a ton of fun to be around. Is, it, is there a secret to success of pinch hitting? Because just coming cold off the bench, now got two homers in your short stint here. Um, is, is there a mindset, a secret sauce? I wish there was a secret sauce. Uh, pinch hitting's tough. I, I can't say that um, it's the easiest thing to do, but I think it's just try and put a good at bat together and, and try and get a barrel on a ball. Um, that's basically all I try to do if I pinch hit, try and get a good swing off. Um, fortunately, that one had enough on it to get out. What, what was it like for you in AAA when you see all these young kids who are not doing it this bigly, and, and, and you're like, oh man, there, there could be something here for a while? I think it was exciting. It was fun. It was fun to be around. Um, you know, like like I mentioned again, the energy, um, and, and just a good group of guys. You know, good personalities, good group of guys. Um, just a ton of fun. All right, let's get you caught up on the NL wild card race. Of course, the Phillies still hold the first wild card spot. They have a four-and-a-half game cushion. Cubs still hold the second wildcard spot. They've got a three-game cushion, but then it's your Cincinnati Reds all alone for the third and final in a wildcard spot. The Marlins were the only team chasing the Reds that did win. They remain a half game behind the Reds, but the Diamondbacks lost. They're now a full game behind the Reds, and the Giants lost again. Reds now have a full two-game lead on the Giants, Giants have lost five straight, which is important. That's the one team the Reds know they do not hold the tiebreaker against. All right. Well, myself and Trace Fowler went live on YouTube right after the thrilling win on Tuesday night. Trace, as you can expect if you've listened to the show before, was in very rare form. And I think you'll enjoy today's show. Nick Martini. You know, you always need a hero. You always need the the uh, the guy that nobody expects to to come around and do something special. And uh, Nick Bartini is that guy. God's honest truth, man. He's been unbelievable. It's not just it's not just the Cub series. It's not just this series. It's been he's been unbelievable. Nick Martini, I was. <laughs> what do you want from me, man? I can't tell you how unbelievably happy I am right now for something that I just never expected in a million years. <laughs> Nick, Nick Martini, guys. I mean, we're talking about Nick Martini. Nick Martini. Do you pull up Nick Martini? Where has this guy been? Who is this guy? I mean, <laughs> we were worried about getting this guy at the deadline, that guy at the deadline. You know whose name never came up one time? Nick Martini. Sure enough, here he is. This is amazing, guys. Can we all just agree this is not supposed to happen? This is so stupid. I mean, this this dude was playing for the NC Dinos in the KBO last year. <laughs> Every night we read off Reds minor league numbers, right? Every night we give up the, the Louisville box score. Did I mention Nick Martini's name one time all year? No, 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 no. Nick Martini hasn't even been. He hasn't even been a thought. I'm worried about I'm worried about Henry Ramos and TJ Hopkins. This is unbelievable. 73 wins. 
Team lost 100 games last year. Deep drive of the day. And who else could it possibly be? Oh, newsflash. It's a shocker. Spoiler. Nick Martini dropping bombs out to right field. 95 off the bat. 368 feet. 32 degrees for those that care. And for those that really wonder how big of a hit it it was, the Cincinnati win probability jumped to 55%, a 42% increase. The Deep Drive of the Day is sponsored by DSC. Boy, does DSC love Nick Martini. Let me tell you, they rave about him in the offices right around the coolers every single day. And DSC is a leader in renewable commodities and for biofuel production, specializing in use cooking oil collection, aggregation, and sales. Visit www.deepsouthcommodities.com for more information. Thanks to our friends at Deep South Commodities and John. We are the Miracle Reds. We are watching Reds history unfold. We are the Miracle Reds. Not only is this team fighting the opposition, not only are we fighting the Diamondbacks, the Giants, the Marlins, the Cubs, I think we can still catch them. Maybe the Phillies. And you know what? Why not? Maybe the Brewers. We're still fighting COVID too. And by God, can you believe it? We're beating them. You know who's a you know who the booster shot is? The booster shot is Nick Martini. Nick Martini's the booster shot. You need a vaccine? Go get you a Nick Martini. That's what you need. You don't need Pfizer. You need Martini. God bless the Cincinnati Reds, and God bless Nick Martini and his family and his parents who produced him. God bless them. Golly day. Man, I'll tell you what. Send it to Washington now. I just want to tell you, if you watch this show on a regular basis, if you're just tuning in for the first time, I don't know if this is how it always goes, but we do try to be fun. We do try to be entertaining. But there's nights like tonight when we, just like you, are so above and beyond. We, I don't believe what I saw. I know this isn't like a nine to one comeback or something, but like, God, we were dead. We were dead in the doubleheader. We were dead. And Nick Martini just dragged us out of the grave. Can we be honest? We got outplayed all four games for the most part in that, in that, in that Cubs series, with all due respect, of course. And we split the series. Yesterday, like I said, we threw literally a bullpen game full of guys that honestly we never thought in a million years were probably going to pitch for this team they found a way to win that game and then tonight we do this i just don't know where to go nick how do we do a show after that what are we supposed to talk about let's let's set the scene here a little bit so let let's rewind back to friday afternoon reds play that first game of the doubleheader first game's just a gross loss it just really kind of unravels at the end of this huge series against the cubs it's this whole well there's the old reds every time they play a big series you know they they choke all that and then in between the games brandon williamson gets put on the COVID il graham ashcraft gets put on the regular il williamson's joining hunter green and ben lively your entire damn starting pitching rotations getting put on the COVID il reds what do they do friday night look awful all night at the plate, somehow find a way to win in the game in the ninth inning. Next night, what do they do? Look awful all night, somehow find a way to win it in the ninth inning the next night. Sunday, absolute another, just another deflating loss to the Cubs. They're staring down the Seattle Mariners, the hottest team in baseball. They have no pitchers. TJ Hanton has to start a game on Monday. Michael Marriott, guy with an ERA of almost seven, that hadn't pitched in the big leagues in seven years, has to be the bulk 
pitcher on Monday. The Reds find a way to win. You have a game tonight. Eh, well, whatever. Hey, man, we, we, we've already outplayed ourselves this series. We're, we're going to try to set ourselves up with the bullpen tomorrow. Nope. Nick Martini's going to hit a three-run home run, tie the ball game. CES is going to take a pitch the other way on an oh o- was it 0-2, 1-2? 0-2. And just, just a perfect piece of hitting off a all-star closer. <laughs> Unbelievable hitting by CES. Unbelievable hitting by CES. I even said, listen, I know CES doesn't usually do this. You just got to cut down on your swing, put the ball in play, because even if he hits a ball, like even if even if he hits a ball to the shortstop, right? Like he rolls over a ground ball and just hits a hits the ball to the shortstop or or maybe even hits it up the middle. Ellie's fast enough to get the third. But he does even better than that. He he sits back, he waits, he drives it the other way. And I mean it was a base hit, and good God. I mean Makes no sense. All right, let's try to do a show. We have Super Chats galore. I promise, chat, I promise if this is your first time watching the show, we usually do hold a decent show, I think. We actually talk about things that are somewhat important. We have relative good conversation. But on nights like tonight, sometimes you just lost for words. I promise I'm going to get to these Super Chats. I, I, 540 I, people watching this trace. Yeah, it's absurd. And you know what? This is a good time for to say, please like the stream. If you've never been here before, liking the stream does help. We're just a small company. Every like helps us. Every time you spread the word about this show, it helps us. It's just, uh, it's an amazing, it's an amazing community more than it is anything. If in fact, if if this this is just a fun place to come and have fun after a game and or vent, completely honest, that's where it is. That's who we are. All right, let's talk about this game a little bit. Connor Phillips is the guy that got thrown into this rotation just largely because we had nobody else. I'm not trying to downplay his his season uh, or his career opener, um, his MLB debut. I thought he was. I thought he did. What, what, as much as you could ask a guy to do. I mean, he threw the ball over the plate. He got hit a little bit. Yeah, he got hit a little bit. Um, but I thought he competed. He didn't look like he, he didn't look like that moment was too big for him. Um, it didn't seem like he was nervous or kind of like, you know, playing with fire at any point. In fact, he was one pitch away, quite frankly, from having a really good outing. So overall, I, I think you said it yesterday. You were really nervous about this because it usually goes one of two ways for Connor Phillips. He's going to give up eight runs in the first inning. Or he's... Or he's gonna do what he possibly did today. I could. I think he even has a little more in the tank. Quite honestly, I, I his stuff's plenty good enough. It's just a matter of whether or not he can continue to execute at a high level consistently enough to be able to pitch in the big leagues. And I don't know, man. I mean, uh, I just can't believe they continue to. I mean, this team's unbelievable. They continue to find a way. Nick, uh, your thoughts on Connor Phillips, and then obviously we'll get into kind of uh, the 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 LECES and Marte uh, game. One point on the Reds here. Like, I, I want the Reds to make the playoffs, obviously. I, I just don't want this season to end. I don't know if I've ever felt like that way about a season. I just I don't want it to end. It's just been so much fun to watch every night. But but Connor Phillips, you know, we mentioned it last night. He had six, he had six starts this year where he only got seven outs or less, so that was a worry. Um, he threw strikes. That, that first inning, man, those first two batters, he was uh, – he was electric painted that 98 mile an hour fastball yeah. um, outside uh, top of the corner. And, and then uh, he had that, uh, that foul ball long foul ball on an O2 count to the third batter. And then it felt like after that, he tried to get a little bit cute. Um, you know, we didn't want to make that mistake pitch. And then he ended up 
giving up the two run home run. And then look, Julio Rodriguez misses misses that pitch in the uh, fifth inning. Yeah, he has a totally different line, right? And Correct. Julio Rodriguez, tip your cap. I mean, this guy was the AL Player of the Month in uh, um, in August. He was yeah. Uh, all all throughout this game. I was honestly feeling to myself, man, the one thing the Reds just don't have right now, they have a lot of really, really good players, but they don't have that one guy. And they still end up finding a way to win, but Julio Rodriguez is that guy. You hope like Ellie De La Cruz can be that guy. And somehow the Reds continue to keep finding ways to win without having that guy right now. And they really have no business winning these games. Uh, But long story short, I thought it was a positive debut overall for Phillips. I I don't think the Reds wanted Phillips to make his debut this year. No, they and I think you didn't. saw some you saw some of the reason why tonight. But I think you also you you look at him and go, okay, this is a guy the Reds weren't expecting to be here, only here because of an emergency situation. And you can really see the potential that he has. And I was very I'm very encouraged for I'm I'm encouraged for 2024 Connor Phillips. Not really super encouraged about 2023 Connor Phillips. I doubt the Reds give him another start unless they have to. Yep. Uh but yeah, that's kind of where I leave it. Yeah, I, 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 it's funny you bring up the point about uh, Rodriguez. I, I mean, that's what I hope CES ends up being a little bit, right? Like, Rodriguez, when he hit that ball out to right off of Law, it kind of felt like he didn't even hit it. Like, it just, that's, he, he just has 80 grade power, and he just hit a fly ball to right field, and his fly ball just happens to go a lot farther than other guys' fly ball. I'm in a, I'm at a point now where I hope that's kind of what CES is. Now, is it is it a lot asking to be like Julio Rodriguez? Yes. But at the same time, that's what I hope that we can get out of a guy like CES. I get that people are going to say, oh, they want Ellie or someone else to be able, like have that 80-grade power. But that's what CES has is 80-grade power. Tonight, he obviously got a hold of one. And uh, CES, if he can get it going... You know who else is getting it going? He's not on the rundown, and I think he deserves a little bit of he does he deserves more than just a little bit of praise. And you know where I'm going with this? It's Tyler Stevenson, man. I mean, for a guy that that I've crushed and banged and screamed and yelled about all year long, if he hits the way he's hitting now, then I can live with whatever whatever happens behind the dish more times than not. In fact, I would argue if Tyler Stevenson plays anywhere close to the way he has the last month. You could live with Tyler Stevenson and then then live with a defensive replacement on the back end of games for Tyler Stevenson in really, really tight games when you might want to overemphasize a defensive position. Um, I just think that there's just so many guys that have stepped up for this team. And that's why that's how you get to where we're at, right? That's that's why they're expected, and you look at the analytics, their expected record based off of their run differential and all these other equations is, you know, 72 and 80, whatever. They're supposed to be like 10 games below 500, but they're not. And a large reason why is because they have random guys, and by random, I mean it's just a different guy every other day that steps up and contributes and helps this team win. Sometimes it's the bullpen going six or seven innings of shutout baseball to give this team a chance to come back and win. The reason they have the most comeback wins is not because they have this potent offense, right? It's not because it's not because they just outscore everybody. It's because they found a way, and shout out to Luke Weaver, it, they found a way to, to, to be able to hold teams long enough to give themselves a chance to win after they've given up the lead, like today. Um, you know, the, the, the bullpen could have easily come in and, and just let it get away, but they didn't. They held it close. Diaz, although scared us, shout out Eugenio Suarez for saving the day on that. Um, 
it just doesn't it just doesn't seem like it's sustainable but it's been this way for months nick like i i'm not here to say that i've been thinking this whole thing was going to fall apart because i haven't really felt that way but i have felt at times watching this team that there's just holes and they're just not ready yet sometimes when you watch them but every time you count them out every time you think okay this is it they're finally going to roll over and die it's somebody stepping up. And Nick Martini has been the guy the last week to step up. And you could have never imagined that. You could have never dreamt that. You could have never believed that if anybody told you that it was going to be Nick Martini was going to save the red season. And that's really what's happened. I don't want to make it about one guy, Nick, but God's honest truth. Nick Martini saved the season this past week. It's almost single-handedly, quite frankly. Anyways, Ellie, yeah. shout out yeah. Ellie and all those guys. But yeah, I mean, Ellie De La Cruz is having great at-bats. Man, right now he's locked in, as locked in as maybe he's looked since he first came up. And boy, that's encouraging. CES is hot right now. Three hits tonight. Tyler Stevenson is hot right now. Man, we need these guys. And I, I, I don't want to jinx anything, but man, I've been looking ahead. I've been looking at some of these teams the Reds are going to be facing. I'm looking at where their rotations are. And I tell you what, man, you have a hot CES, you have a hot Tyler Stevenson, you have a locked-in Ellie De La Cruz, and you have the hero that is Nick Martini. The Reds have a real chance here. They have a real chance. And I can't even believe I'm saying that. I, I, I'm the optimistic guy, but I've kind of been the pessimistic guy looking at the, the realistic numbers all season. Nick's believing. Chat, we got Nick believing. It took all the way until tonight to get Nick believing. Nick, for the longest time, he's been putting on this face. I've seen it every show. I've just let it go. Hadn't said nothing about it. Nick's always brought up every time you bring up the playoffs, every time you get fired up. Nick always, he doesn't say it outlandishly, but he always slides in that 21%. He always slides in that, well, the, the, if you look at the chances of the Reds, they got 21%. And you know what? Tonight he's starting to believe. And that's okay. That's good. We got Nick on our side. He's feeling good about it. He's looking at the schedule. He's seeing what we got left. He's looking at these other teams. He's realizing these other teams ain't nothing to be scared about. And you know what? The Reds have just as good of a chance as everyone else. Is the chances super, super high? Maybe not. But if they can get through this little stretch of what is COVID and we can get back healthy, um, I think we'll be all right. I really do. I think this team, put it this way, I think it'll be the last three days of the season before you know the complete ultimatum of where they're, whether they're in or they're out, if uh, if COVID doesn't ultimately take this team down. The thing I've been the most cautious about is I, I feel almost like it's unfair to expect this team to make the playoffs. The team, the players, with, with, with where they're at. I mean, you have like Noelvi Marte, who had an incredible night again, three hits, hit his first career home run. Shout out to to Anovi Marte. Right. But he's he's got to be a crucial part of a playoff team while he's just barely getting his feet wet. And that that's what why I that's the main reason why I've been nervous to really be like, yeah, I believe I'm all in, just because I don't want to be saying that and then people be going, Oh man, this team, they choked down the because it's not a choke. Whatever this team does, they've already exceeded any realistic expectation from any realistic person this season. And, and that's why I've always kind of been a little cautious just because I don't want to go too far and and then it'd be a disappointment. I don't know if I'm making sense. It I does. I mean, you don't want to be get you don't want you don't want people to come back and say, "Well, there's your guys. They weren't able to get it done." The truth is this that you can see it 
with both angles and be rational about it, right? And I know rationality sometimes is, is tough to come by these days, but it's it's almost like these guys are so young, Nick, that I do think that's actually a blessing. I think that's actually been kind of a it's kind of been a little bit of the ammo that they've used and they've had. That's the crypto night for some of these other teams. Is with this young team just doesn't care. I don't know if they know. I don't know if they know tonight that they're not supposed to win. It's almost like they expect to win. I don't know if they know what how how hard it's been to get to this place that is playoff baseball for the Cincinnati Reds. And you know what? I don't give a damn. I really don't care. Like, I'm okay with them not knowing. I'm okay with them not caring about the history of the Cincinnati Reds the past 20 years. I'm okay with that. It reminds me a little bit, not to harken back and use analogies all the it reminds me a little bit about Joe Burrow just saying he doesn't give a tail. Like, everyone's all, you know, Joe Burrow is a big game. You got to be, you got to, you got to get the monkey off your back and win a playoff game. And, you know, Joe Burrow, he just didn't care. He's like, oh, it's just, it's a game against the Raiders. What's the big deal? And he went out, they won the game, and they, they've done what they've done since. That's what youth can do. You can be just naive. Think about in your life. Think about back. I mean, hell, when I started Chatterbox, I had to be ignorant. I had to be naive. This isn't supposed to be real. You're not supposed to be able to do this. I mean, you, you know, I'm sure people made fun of me when I started all this. It's just because, like, oh, look at their straight starting up a little a little sports company. Well, good luck to him. And you know what? I was stupid and naive, and I just kept going and going and going. And then one day you pop up, and you're like, oh, we've made it. Now, have we made it yet? I don't know. But I know one thing. This chat is elite. And second of all, I know, is that I think this team's so young, they do the same thing. They just come to the ballpark every day. They have fun. They play. Win or lose or draw. They come back tomorrow. They do it again. They don't feel pressure right now. Now, will they feel pressure down the, down the very end, at the very last stages of the season? Maybe so. But right now, I, I, I think it's safe to say they just play. And whatever happens, happens. I could make the argument. Now, this might sound stupid, but I can make the argument. Now, you got to put your thinking cap on here a little bit when I say this. I could make the argument that this team can be and could be more fun, more enjoyable than a team that we expect to go to the World Series. Because when you have those expectations, I think it it hinders your ability for happiness because you just you come to expect things and then you're privileged a little bit and you just assume that you deserve something that you ultimately don't really deserve until you get it, obviously, right? So it's like, I think this team right now, nobody has expected any of this and, and then we just kind of keep going down this fairy tale and you said it, I feel the same way. I'm sure many of the people in the chat feel the same way. You just don't want it to end because when it ends, you just don't know what you have the next season. Is it going to be just as magical? This is just magic, dude. This is magic. It, it's not supposed to be this way. You have guys that are legitimately nobodies. With all due respect, Nick, I'm not trying to downplay our own guys. I love them. They're in a Reds uniforms, but they're nobodies pitching in a pennant race. And they're doing just well enough to keep us in games. And then we find ways to have Nick Martini hit a home run late in the game and give us a chance to win. It's a, it's it makes no sense. Here's the thing, we got uh, we got a game tomorrow. All right, I, 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 but you know what? This is the beautiful thing about when you steal wins. Okay, when you steal wins, you're playing with house money again. Tomorrow you lose. It's unbelievable that you won the series in and of itself. I'm not saying that's a that's the what we that's not the goal tomorrow. Obviously, don't don't take that, but. We said we needed 14 more wins, Nick, to, to be in. We're down to 13. I don't give David Bell maybe enough credit. I think sometimes 
this show in the chat for sure gets on David Bell when things go wrong, and that's rightfully so, this, that, and the other. But I do want to point out something he did tonight that I thought he did a masterful job of, is that he did do some do some really good matchup pinch hitting. It didn't work out every single time, obviously. Um, he's he's handled this whole plethora of COVID, this, that, and the other, as well as well as one could. And and I just want to point out that Nick Senzel was 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 five feet away from hitting a massive home run tonight. And he's continued to put the bat on the ball um, really successfully against left-handed pitching. I know we killed Nick Senzel, and trust me, I'll be the first guy to tell you, I do not want a ball hit to him when he's in the outfield. But Senzel was so close to hitting a home run, and we're starting to get to a point with Bader and Senzel that those are good matchups late in the game when they bring in these lefties to get rid of a guy like Fraley, to get rid of a guy like maybe even, I know TJ Friedel's splits would tell you they didn't pinch hit for him, but I just, I, I do think, if we're being honest with ourselves, if you're in a spot where you need a home run or you need an extra base hit or you need a big hit in general, and TJ Friedel's coming to the plate lefty on lefty, and it's late in the game, you're probably, the way that this team's set up now, is you're probably going to have to pinch hit for him, I would think, more times than not. This isn't a situation where they don't have that many guys on the bench that can hit left-handed pitching. Bader's helped in that sense. Bader's a guy, quite frankly, I don't know if he's, he, he's just like Senzel. He, I don't know if he can hit right-handed pitching, Nick. I, I gotta be honest, but he does play elite-level uh, defensive center field, which kind of replaces that whole, you can't take TJ Friedel out of the game. Um, but again, I'm, I'm not saying there's one specific move David Bell made that you should give him a ton of praise for, but collectively, he has to get praise. He has to get praise. I mean, if you're not going to give tip your cap to David Bell over the past, maybe call it four or five days, then 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 I I get the concept that you could have your 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 disagreements with with, with the way he handles certain things from time to time, but overall, he's managed a team that was supposed to win 64, 65 games, and he's got them in a position to go to the postseason. Does it mean that I think that he's you know Sparky Anderson? Maybe I know I'm not saying that, but I am suggesting that perhaps we should give him guy a little bit of credit here, just a little bit. Just a little bit of credit. No, I mean, I agree. And I just, you know, I, I said yesterday, just behind the scenes, think how chaotic it's been these last couple of days with so many guys on on injuries, so many guys coming up, going down. Uh, <laughs> David Bell, in, in his post-game press conference yesterday, talking about Michael Marriott, they were asking him about Michael Marriott. And he said, yeah, I really love what he did. I honestly got to go talk to him and find out a little bit more about his story. It's like, I don't even know who this guy is. And uh, and David Bell, you know, he's always the guy that's going to give praise. He was very quick to point out. And I think this is something that is so true this year. He said, hey, we got to give a lot of credit to AAA for keeping these guys that have come up ready. How many guys have come up and contributed that have been ready to contribute? And maybe there's certainly some good fortune and some luck. I'm not trying to say there isn't, but these guys have been prepared when they've come up. And that's why the Reds, with 21 games to play, hold a playoff spot. And it somehow, some way in the year, they were supposed to lose damn near 100 games. They got a chance to make the playoffs. 26, 26 rookies have played for the Cincinnati Reds. That's an entire major league roster. 26. Yeah. Is there so many guys that that I just can't believe that we've come to expect what we've what we've gotten out of? And Ellie De La Cruz, like it or not, he's going to be a roller coaster of a player. But you want to talk about a guy that can absolutely carry carry a team? Let's not let's not gloss over the fact, guys. 
and girls. Let's not gloss over the fact that my man just stole a base when everybody knew in the park he was stealing a base, right? Like, you don't get that. You just don't get that. He's, how many guys, I guess I, I, I beg the question to you. I don't know. How many guys in all of Major League Baseball can do what Ellie did tonight? And I get that. I get that sometimes he looks lost at the plate. I get he can be frustrating at times. I'm right there with you. But by God, if you give me the option between a guy that's going to play a little bit average baseball for a long period of time and be consistent, or you're going to give me Ellie De La Cruz, who where one day, yeah, it looks like he's lost, but the next day he looks like he's the best player on planet Earth, I'm taking the roller coaster. And you're taking the roller coaster too. Because when you're at the highs of the highs, that's what it takes to do special things. And Ellie De La Cruz did something special tonight. He did something unbelievably special tonight. And I get that he got thrown out early in the game. But the one thing I keep harkening, harpening back on with these guys stealing bags and getting thrown out is this. It always has at least required a good play by the opposition. You know, even, even the time, and I'll put my hand up and say Ellie was an idiot for trying it. Even the time that Ellie got thrown out from, from the, the tagging up with the guy in right field earlier this year and everyone was super frustrated by it, it took a good throw. It took a good throw. Um... That's kind of where we're at is I'm not suggesting you should you should sit here and say that Ellie's the best player on planet Earth every single night and, 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 and bow down to him. And I get that there's some haters out there that want to say, oh, he's just a he's a what, what do they call him? He's a stat cast nerd. He's a he's kind of whatever. Yeah, but tonight shows you what he can do. It's not just stat cast stuff. Nick, I don't know what else to quote, say. Right. I got Go this quote right here from C. Trent Rosecrans that goes right with what you're saying. C. Trent said, asked if Ellie De La Cruz had any second thoughts since he got thrown out earlier in the game. Ellie De La Cruz said, quote, it doesn't matter if they got me 20 million times. I'm still going to be aggressive anytime I go out there. I just know that I'm going to be better than them. Man. It's a dude. I, yeah, I mean, listen, when you're the best at something your whole life, you are going to have that. You are going to have that confidence without question. You're going to have that belief system. All right, let's get you caught up on all the Reds minor league action from Tuesday night. We'll start with AAA. Louisville Bats, tough one. They lost 11-3 to St. Paul. Bats now 68-63 and on the season. Kevin Newman made his AAA debut on a rehab assignment. Newman was 0-3. for Barrera was also 0-3. But Jacob Herdeby, who has played really well since getting promoted, was two for four. Down to double A, Chattanooga Lookouts, they lost 7-6 to Montgomery. Lookouts now 68-58 and on the season. Blake Dunn was two for four. Reese Hines, one for five. And Tyler Callahan, who's been red hot since getting promoted, three for four with a double. But the high A Dayton Dragons, they're the one team in the middle of a playoff race. They had a big win, 10-4 over Fort Wayne. Dragons now 65-62 and 62 on the season, but more importantly, they are two back with five to play in the Midwest East Division second half race. They're, of course, chasing Fort Wayne, who they play all five times. So do the math. They could definitely still catch Fort Wayne. There is another team in between them as well, but Dayton playing some meaningful baseball. If you're in the Dayton area, go check them out this week. They play every day from Wednesday through Sunday. A lot of good performances in this game. Edwin Arroyo, 2-for-5, hit his 10th, 10th triple of the season. 
that is tied for the most in all of minor league baseball. Sal Stewart hit his first home run with the Dragons since getting promoted. He had a big day, 3-for-4 with a double. The home run was his 11th overall on the season. Austin Hendrick also had a big day, 2-for-4, double, stole his 19th base. Carlos Jorge was 1-for-3. Hector Rodriguez 0-for-3 but did walk. And then lastly, the Daytona Tortugas, they lost 11-7 to St. Lucie. Tortugas now 54-70 and 70 on the season. Cam Collier, however, 2-for-4. Ricardo Cabrera, he is the 18-year-old shortstop Reds, number 8 prospect. He made his Tortugas debut and went 1-for-3. And then one other player worth mentioning, Ethan O'Donnell. He was 4-for-5, hit his second home run with the Tortugas. This from their play-by-play announcer, Brendan Mintz. Ethan O'Donnell started his Tortugas career 3-for-22, but since then, he's 21 for 42. That's a 500 batting average. He's got seven extra base hits and an OPS over 1,300. All right, Reds will go, I don't even believe I'm saying this, for a sweep against the Seattle Mariners, the hottest team in baseball coming in. 640 on Wednesday night. Plenty of tickets, I'm sure, still available. So if you're in the Cincinnati area, get down to Great America Ballpark. Support this team in this crazy playoff chase, 21 games to play. Every game means so much. For the Mariners, it'll be a big test for the Reds. Logan Gilbert, he's got a 3.56 ERA in 27 starts. He was outstanding in his last two starts, only allowed two runs uh, with one walk and 16 strikeouts in 13 and two-thirds innings pitch. This guy who doesn't give up a lot of walks, top five walk rate in all of baseball. He's got a fastball, slider, curveball, and split finger. Fastball average is 96. One positive, though, he does give up some hard contact, and he does have six starts this season where he's allowed multiple home runs. For the Reds, it'll be Lyon Richardson. He's got a 6.75 ERA in 12 innings pitched, but had his best outing by far his last time out. Just two runs allowed in four and two-thirds innings against the Cubs. We haven't yet seen the big strikeout numbers yet in the show that we saw from Lyon down in the minors. Hopefully, maybe we'll see that a little bit, maybe on Wednesday night. Obviously, the key for Lyon is limiting walks. Reds wildcard competition. Uh, Giants will be playing the Cubs at 220. It'll be Alex Wood for the Giants against Jordan Wicks of the Cubs at 340. Diamondbacks will be hosting the Rockies. Diamondbacks have Zach Davies. Rockies got Chris Flexen. Uh, Diamondbacks are minus 209 on the money line, according to our friends at Betfred Sportsbook. And then at 640, the Marlins will be doing a bullpen game against the Dodgers and Lance Lynn. Dodgers slight favorites at minus 121 money line on Betfred Sportsbook. Well, of course, we'll be live. Chatterbox Reds live on YouTube right around 9, 9, 10, whenever the ninth inning gets rolling on. Reds Mariners, hope you'll join us. That's Chatterbox Sports on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Hit that bell in the top right corner. Turn on notifications so you don't ever miss when we go live. And then, of course, we'd really love it if you left us a quick five-star review wherever you're listening to this podcast. That stuff really helps out. Haven't got any reviews in a while. I'm sure you've all done really good with that. But if you haven't yet, you're the one holdover. Just leave us a quick five-star review. We would really, really appreciate that. Well, hope you have a great Wednesday. And as always, go Reds. 